right, what's up, City Hope? Man, it is good to see you guys. Welcome to church. Come on. Welcome to church. Man, what an exciting weekend to be here. I'm so glad that you guys are here as we wrap up this series, Rooted. Um, it's going to be a great, great weekend, and, um, and I'm excited for your week, every single one of you, as we all gain 10 pounds this week. Uh, collectively, it's going to be awesome. Um, so next week, there'll be more of us to fill this place. It'll be great. Um, but listen, Malvis, help me out. Let's welcome our church family this morning. Um, the Mobile Campus, Foley, Baymanette, everybody that's watching online. Uh, can you guys give them a big hand? Come on, give everybody a big hand. And then also, you guys help me welcome all of the, I don't know if you know this or not, but we've got campuses in, uh, in three correctional facilities. So every weekend, there are men at correctional facilities that are engaged, that are a part of our church family. So you guys help me welcome all those guys to today. They're in church with us. We love you guys, man. Part of the family. Uh, well, listen, I'm excited that I get to wrap up Rooted today. But first, just real quick. Um, we are headed into the holidays. If you don't know that, just FYI, we're headed into the most amazing time of the year, right? It's not stressful. It's not hectic. You're not going to overspend. It's going to be amazing, okay? Um, I don't know if your house is anything like my house, but we've been playing Christmas movies for quite a few weeks now. Um, we were playing Elf last night and Christmas Vacation, and we've, we've been kind of bringing all of them out. The Grinch who stole Christmas. Come on, somebody, right? It's amazing. Die Hard my favorite man top shelf that's amazing um it is a christmas movie do not say it's not a christmas movie it is a christmas movie um but anyway just an amazing time of the year super excited about it and of course we've got thanksgiving but then as a church we're going to enter this season of christmas um and so i just real quick wanted to encourage you and and kind of uh, you know ask you challenge you a little bit to lean in this christmas season um, if you don't know this or not, but Christmas is a very uh, important time of the year. Obviously, Jesus came and we celebrate his birth, um, but it's also a, an important time of the year because people are more open and receptive to hearing the good news of Jesus. They're just more open. They're more, their hearts are more generous. There's just this new and this different feel in the air. Um, and so as a church, we see this as an opportunity. We see this as an opportunity to ultimately do what God's called us and put us on this earth to do, and that's win the lost for him, right? To go into our communities, to go into our neighborhoods at every campus and every community right now, and ultimately win people to him, to bring people into the hope that Jesus has. Um, and Christmas is our opportunity. It's one of the best opportunities that we have every year to do that. Of course, that's why we do Merry Christmas Gulf Coast. But every year we also do an event called Christmas at City Hope. And it is just a spectacular Christmas theme. There's hot chocolate, there's music, there's sing-along, there's characters. It's just an amazing weekend um, that we just literally love on our community. We just say, hey, listen, big arms wide open. Come in, let us love on you. And throughout that night, throughout that experience, we'll introduce people to Jesus, to the hope that Jesus has. Um, and so I want to encourage you to engage and be involved in that this year. Uh, this year, we're doing it a little bit different. I'm excited about this. Christmas at City Hope is actually, um, the last two years, we brought everyone to Malbus. This year, we're taking Christmas at City Hope to every single campus and every location, um, which is awesome because what it does is it opens up more opportunities, more options 
for people to come and connect. Um, so I want you to make sure that you go ahead and you put these dates on your calendar. I know with travel and, and holiday parties and all the stuff that you got going on, do not miss the, this weekend right here as we're going to celebrate together. But ultimately, we're going to bring people to Jesus. We're going to bring people into these environments, our environments, uh, where God can move and do something amazing. Um, so we've added opportunities so that you can come to one, and then the next day you can bring a, a friend, and the next day you can bring a different friend. So there's lots of opportunities at every campus for you to do that. So the three things that I ask of you, and then I'll shut up and move on. The three things that I ask of you are this. I, want, I ask you to invite. I ask you to walk into this season with an open heart to who can I invite? Holy Spirit, who would you have me invite to Christmas at City Hope? Be, be thinking that way. Be looking that way. And the second thing I would encourage you is to serve. Is to, is to be engaged. Be involved. Maybe one of those experiences you could serve and you could be a part of it. Um, but get engaged in that way. And then third, I would say, is give. Don't forget that, that during this season, it's an extremely important time for you to continue giving, for you to continue in that way, because everything that we want to do, all of this vision that God has birthed and put in this house, all of it needs resources, not only financial resources, but people resources. We've all got to come together. The thing about vision is it's all great, and it's wonderful, and it's incredible, and it's really, really cool, but until we come together as a family, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. I can't make it happen. Just our staff alone can't make it happen. It's when the family, the church, we all step up, right? We all step up to the challenge and we say, hey, let's do this together. Let's win our community together. So that's what I'm challenging you to do over the, the Christmas season to so engage and be involved. All right, church, can you do that? Can everybody do that? Come on, get a little bit more excited about Christmas. All right, well... I'm going to wrap up Rooted today with a with just titled Fruitful Roots. Fruitful Roots, which really is kind of what this whole thing has been about, right? This whole series has really been about this. We started with fruit and roots or roots and fruit at the very beginning, and now we're going to wrap it up with fruitful roots, which honestly is kind of the point of our life, right? I mean, the point of our life is to ultimately display and have fruit, fruit in our life. And Jesus says fruit that lasts fruit that sticks around, right? And the one thing that we have to understand and we have to know about Jesus is it, and we, we say this a lot, but Jesus came to give us life, right? We say that a lot. We believe that, okay? But what so often we do or the actions that we have is that we believe that there is a certain set of rules and regulations that we've got to live by in order for us to receive and live in that life. Like, this is how so many of us believe is that there's certain hoops to jump through for us to fully embrace that life that Jesus promised to us. John 10, 10, Jesus said this. He said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is where we get the idea of being fully alive, right? That it's only through Jesus Christ that we can embrace and we can live a fully alive life. But here's what I want you to understand. I'm going to take it one step further and say it this way. Jesus didn't just come to give his life for us. He came to give his life to us. He came to give his life to us. I want you just to let that sit for a second. Because so often we, we stop right here because this is so magnificent. It's so glorious. It's so amazing. God, there's so much love in that that he sent his son to die for me so that I could be redeemed but he didn't stop there. 
He said, that's not it. Not only that, but I also came so that you can have life on this earth. You can walk that life out in this place. That's what he wants. He wants us to have that life. But our dilemma, our dilemma is is that, I, I would really say for most of us, but honestly it's all of us, we just can't get it right. You know what I'm talking about? We just can't get it right. We just can't do this thing good enough. We just can't get all the boxes checked. We just can't get, all, get jumped in all the right hoops and do all the right things. We just can't get it right so that we can have this life that he says that we can have. And we live this way and we think that this is the way it's supposed to be. That man, if I will just follow those commands and I will just do all the laws and, and, and follow this thing, then this is going to happen. And what happens is, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but whenever I'm not good at something, I quit. Anybody else like that? Right, I, like back in college, I, I remember I just had this, all of a sudden this thing, I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And I have, I have zero musical ability whatsoever. So why I thought that was a good idea, I don't know, whatever. But I went and I actually spent money on a guitar. I bought a tuner, which is hilarious because I don't even know how to play guitar. How am I going to tune a guitar? I bought a tuner, I bought the books, I bought all the stuff, you know, and I'm trying my best to figure this thing out. The, this stuff, who does, how do these guys do this, right? And there's all this, whatever. Three weeks in... It's sitting in the corner of my room collecting dust, right? Why? Because I wasn't any good at it. The same thing happened with golf, right? Except the clubs are broken, (laughs) and they're sitting in the garage, right? And I feel like for so many of us, this is kind of what the Christian faith looks like. There's all this excitement on the front end that, yes, dude, I'm going to be able to play guitar. I'm going to be leading worship. It's going to be awesome. And then three weeks in, you realize, this is really hard, man. I can't get this together. I just, I can't figure it out. I'm just not wired for this. I'm not built for this. There's somebody else that's way better than me at this. I just can't do it. So what happens? We get a little frustrated. And we begin to back off. We begin to step back. And eventually we disengage and we just get apathetic and indifferent. We just get frustrated with the whole thing. And eventually we're further away from God than we were when we first started because we just realized, I just can't do this. I don't have it in me. And here's what I want you to hear today. You don't have it in you. It's not in you to fix you. Like, there isn't something that was missing in you. It was never meant to be in your personality mix or in your skill set. It was never meant to be something that you could go buy and possess. You literally cannot fix you. So all this stuff that we do, this, this problem that we have to ultimately get this life, we're doing it completely wrong. It does not work like that. You can't do that. The way Paul says that we get to this kind of life, and I love this this, this thought, and you read it all through the New Testament, but Paul says you've got to walk in the Spirit. In some places he says be led by the Spirit or, or live according to the Spirit. He says this is the kind of life that you've got to live because this struggle that I'm talking about is a flesh versus spirit struggle. Right? It's, it's, it's this idea of, man, this is my carnal desire and I want to do these things, but I just can't get it together. I know God doesn't want me to do those things, but I just can't get it together. But when you gave your heart to Jesus, when you surrendered your heart to him and you asked him to come into your life, he sent the Holy Spirit into your heart. And the Holy Spirit's role in our life is literally to lead us and guide us and empower us, embolden us to be Christ-like. That's what he's here for. Because Jesus knows that you can't do it. 
Jesus knows you can't do it. The only way you're going to get there is if you're led. If you walk in the Spirit of God, he's going to empower you to live that life. He's going to empower you to live that way. And I love this imagery. I love this thought of just walking in the Spirit. And I want to define it this way. Walking in the Spirit is living our lives in moment-by-moment dependency on the promptings and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's living our life in moment-by-moment dependency on the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't just say, hey, here's this life I want you to live. Now go figure it out. Go, Go get him, tiger. No, he literally sent us a helper, a comforter, an empowerer to come alongside of us us and live in us. And the thing is, is is that the impact the Holy Spirit wants to have in your life is completely up to you. The Holy Spirit wants to do so much in your life. He wants to do so much in you and through you. But so often we limit him to this little bitty thing over here. Well, if I just just keep him right here, and, and maybe Sundays... Or maybe when it makes sense, but what he wants is he wants every single moment of your life to be lived walking with him. Why? Because he's the way you get to being Christ-like. It's through him because he's the only one that's going to give you the strength to live that way. So I want to break this down a little bit and look at this. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about Paul because Paul speaks or he writes to a particular group that's in this battle. They're trying to figure it out. They had this group come along and they said, no, 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 hey, listen, the way to live the Christ life is to do all the right things, man. You got to check all the boxes. You got to live the right life. Paul comes along and says, no, 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 man, there's a spirit. There's a spirit side of this thing. So in Galatians 5, well, the first point is this. Write this down. The first point is the one thing. The one thing. And then in Galatians 5, verse 16, Paul says this, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This may be one of the simplest, straightforward statements in the New Testament. If you do this, this will happen. If you live this way, this is going to happen. And so many of us, we live in this constant battle. I just can't get it right. I just can't clean my life up. I just can't make better decisions. I just can't be a better husband. Why can't I get this thing together? Why, can't I, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again? And Paul very clearly says, hey, listen, you want to stop that? Do this. Uh. He says, walk by the Spirit and this stops. But yet here we are, we're stuck in this thing all the time. We're just bound in this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth thing. He just simply says, listen, if you do this, this is what is going to happen. You think one day, man, maybe just one day it's going to click. He goes, no, 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 listen, this is the one thing. We think that if I could just do all the right things, I could just add all this other stuff to my life, then everything's going to click. No, 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 just do this one thing. Walk in the Spirit. That's the one thing. The Christian life isn't about not doing a lot of things but rather it's about doing this one thing the christian life isn't about cutting a bunch of stuff out of your life the christian life is about leaning in and doing this one thing and that's walking in the spirit walking with the spirit paul goes on in galatians 5 verse 17 and he says for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other. Now, we know that, right? That's, we get that. Flesh and spirit, they're opposed to one another. We feel that battle. That's that war within that we feel. 
And then he says this, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Here's the problem. The problem is this, is that the war inside you, the war within, the war within you keeps you from doing what you want to do. Now, the problem with this is there's a lot of you in there. The problem with this is there's a whole lot of you and what you want in there. Because on some days, the desire is to do what's good. Right? Every one of us would say that. On some days, I have no problem making the right decision. I have no problem doing what's right, doing what's good, doing what the Bible would say, how Jesus wants me. I have no problem. But then there are days. But then there are circumstances. But then there are things that pop up in my life where I legitimately want to do what's wrong. I desire to do what's wrong. Right? Even though we know this is not the way I'm supposed to live. So what Paul's saying is, listen, there's a whole lot of you in there, and that's the problem. You can't make that decision. It's impossible for you to make that decision. Right? Because you're the one stuck in the middle. You're stuck right there. So what Paul says is, listen, there's a whole other option here. Because you're bound to this thing. You're, you're thinking right here. There's a whole other option in verse 18. He says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not bound by this dynamic. You're not bound by this thing. A whole other door opens up. There's a, there's a door three that magically opens up that Bob Barker pulls back a curtain and says, wait, there's a door number three. And here it is. When you're standing at the intersection, you're standing at the T in the road and, and the wrong thing is over here and the right thing is over here, you don't have to decide. The third option is dependence on the Spirit. The third option is just simply saying, I can't. I can't do this. The third option is weakness. The third option is dependence. The third option is realizing, I don't have the ability to do this. I can't live this out. I can't make the right decision. I can't, I can't, I can't be the husband I'm called to be. I can't be the parent. I can't be the, the, the employee. I can't, I, I can't be a man of integrity. I can't, I can't make those kind of decisions. God, I need you. Only in you can I be who you called me to be. I can't do this. Door number three is dependence. Door number three is surrender. Door number three is just throwing your hands up and going, I can't, God, but you can. Lead me, guide me, give me the strength that I need because when I'm weak, you're strong. Be the strength that I need in this moment. The second thing, the first thing is the one thing, and the second is this, is the source. The second point or the second thing I want to unpack is the source. As we keep going through Galatians 5, Paul gives us two lists. And most of us have read these lists before. You've heard these lists before. So they're not going to mean anything. It's not going to be a surprise. But I want to preface it by saying this. Is that these lists are not do list and don't list. Okay? It's not a to do and a to don't list. When you read them, that's the way you read it. A good Christian acts this way. And a bad person acts this way. That's how we read it. Okay, and it's a checklist, right? No, that's not it at all. What Paul's doing is he's showing us a picture. He's showing us a description of what a life of the flesh looks like and a life in the spirit looks like. It's simply a picture. But what he's doing is he's holding up the box top of the puzzle. And he's showing you that when all the pieces of your life come together, if you're living according to the flesh, you're living according to what you want, this is what it's going to look like. However, if you live according to the spirit and what the spirit wants to do in and through you, then this is what it's going to look like. So the first list, as we read this list, even if you're here today and you're not a believer, you're going to read this list and go, that's a terrible person. Like nobody wants that in their life, yet every single word on this list, you're going to think of a face. 
You're going to think of somebody. You're going to think of a news story you heard this week. You're going to hear something. You're going to, you're going to go, oh, yep, that, I saw that happen this week. Yeah, I heard about that. I read, I read about that. That's all over Hollywood right now. That's all over politics right now. That's all over Washington right now. You're going to hear it and you're going to see that. But what I want you to understand is that Paul is showing us a picture of what life in the flesh looks like. Galatians 5, uh, verse 19 through 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy drunkenness and orgies that's in the bible and the like right you look at this and this is paul he's showing us a picture he's saying listen when we choose the flesh when we choose to live opposite of what he wants when we choose to give in to our own natural desires this is what happens and if you drill in on one of these specific things and you get rid of the the horror that is everything but you look at one thing you go yeah, I, I see that. I see that in my life. I see that in my friend's life. I see that in my family's life. I begin to see that. Why? Because we're living according to our flesh. But then he goes on and he shows us another picture, a different picture. And this is one that's lived in the Spirit. This we call the fruit of the Spirit. Right? The fruit of the Spirit is this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So again, Paul's showing us a picture of, of when you walk in the Spirit and you live according to the Spirit and you're led by the Spirit, this is the fruit of your life. But what's very, very important to point out is that when you live this way and your life represents these things, these attributes become alive in your life, you are not the source. The Spirit is. You're not the source. You're not the source of the fruit in your life the Spirit of God is. And why that's important is a couple different reasons. One is because then the circumstances of your life can't take that fruit away. Nothing in your world then can rob the fruit that the Spirit produced in your life. Because the root is in Him. It's not in you. It's not something that you could create. It's not something that you could do. Or it's not based on a decision that you could make. It's based on your life that's fully enveloped and rooted in the Spirit of God. Then and only then can he produce this kind of fruit in your life. Only then. And what's interesting and what's amazing about this fruit is it doesn't look like any other fruit on the planet. When someone sees this fruit, it's obvious that it's from another world. Take, take this apple. Right? My guess is you have never been surprised in your entire life that an apple came from an apple tree. Just as obvious as obvious could be, right? I mean, like, you just never would have been surprised to learn that it came from an apple tree. There is fruit in your life. The Spirit wants to produce fruit in your life that's so obvious that people look at it and go, well, obviously they're, they're following the Spirit. Obviously they're in love with Jesus. Obviously they live this kind of life because the fruit that their life is producing doesn't look like any other fruit. It's specific to this one kind of tree, the tree of life. That life, that person must be planted in the tree of life. They must be a part of that root system because the fruit's different. The love is different. The peace is different. The joy is different. There's gentleness and kindness and there's goodness. And our world doesn't have hardly any of that. And they look at that person and they go, there's something different about that person. There's something different about the fruit on their life. There's something different about their love than everyone else's love. 
That fruit can't be robbed from you. That fruit can't be stolen from you. You can't be sitting behind your desk one day and a coworker come walking in and give you some bad news, get angry with you, fuss, fuss about your numbers or some didn't come in or this didn't happen. And immediately the peace is stolen from your heart. That can't happen when your peace is rooted in the Spirit of God and He's leading you and guiding you. Right? You're, the, the fruit of joy that your life is producing, it cannot be stolen when you're standing in Target a week before Christmas and everybody's trying to get that Hatchimal. And there's 7,000 people on one aisle of Target. And you feel the rage begin to rise up within. Right? And in that moment, Lord, I can't, but you can. And the true peace and joy that comes from the Spirit can rise up. And then you can still have that attribute. You can still live that kind of life in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of problems, in the middle of whatever is happening in your life. So often we leave a message like this or something like this and we just go, you know what? I need to be more joyful. You know what? I'm going I'm to be joyful. If it kills me, I'm going to be joyful. And we think that we can will ourselves into the fruit of the Spirit. I'm just, I'm going to love more, dadgummit. Mm. Right? And we just think that we can just make it happen. But you can't make it happen. That's the point. The only way that it happens is when you say, I can't, but you can. I can't, but you can. God, I'm dependent on you. I'm led by you. I'm following you. Jesus came not to just give his life for us, but to give his life to us so that we can embrace all that he has, all that he is. And honestly, this is what the world needs most. The world needs people who are fully alive, who are fully producing and representing the fruit of the Spirit in this world. That when the storms and the turmoil and the, and the problems and the, and the murder and the, and the fighting and the, and the negative words and the hate and all this stuff just fills our world. What the world needs is a people, a group of people that live by the Spirit, that produce a different kind of fruit, that have love, that have peace, that have joy in the midst of all that turmoil, in the midst of all those problems that live a life different, that live a life different. John 15, uh, verse 8, Jesus says this, This to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. He says, whenever you bear fruit, and you bear the right fruit, you just reveal to the world who you belong to. You just reveal to the world, yep, I know where that apple came from. I know where that fruit came from. You know, if we were to just look at one, let's just look at one attribute, love. Such an important thing in our world right now. It's so important that we, as people of the Spirit, we as people of Christ, that we live with this fruit just evident in our life. You know, love is a word that gets thrown around. Love is a word that, you know, I love coffee, I love shoes, I love my wife, and I love Jesus. Right? We just, it's just all thrown in there. It's just one old big old happy, I don't, you know, English is like a mutt of a language, right? I mean, it's like, oh yeah, sure, just, it'll all mean the same thing, just yeah, throw it in there. Right? But when you really start to unpack what God's love looks like, this agape kind of love, it's totally different than our human love. For instance, God's love is unconditional. 
there are no conditions on God's love. There is, no, there is nothing that you could do to ever step out of God's love, right? We know that. We understand that. But human love, our love, that's based in our own source and our own wants and our own desires is conditional. Right? Our love is based on preference. Our love is based on someone's belief system. Our love is based on whether or not someone votes like me, thinks like me, is the same color as me, is the same class as me. Like our love is based on you better have your life together, you better look right, you better be the same color, you better, you know, whatever it is, you better look like me or whatever, and then I'll love you. That's human love. But God's love, no, all of that goes away. God's love is I love, I love, I love, period. Whenever we begin to have this fruit in our life, that's what we begin to live. And the world looks and goes, whoa, that's different. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is giving. I mean, he demonstrated the ultimate gift to us in sending his son. He gave his son for you and I. But he didn't stop there. He gives us anything and everything that we need for our benefit to move us forward. He gives to us. He's sacrificial. But our love is beneficial. It's got to benefit me. It's got to move me forward. It's got to be something that I need. It's got to be something that's going to impact my life in a positive way. Then I will step out, and then I will love. God's love is also continual. God's love is continual. God's love doesn't have a finish line. It doesn't have boundaries. It doesn't have a stopping point. Like, God's love never ends. It is on and on and on and on and on for you and me, no matter what we do. But our love is circumstantial. Our love is, man, it's got to be right. It's got to be the right mood, the right season, the right time. And then I will be able to love. But God's love is not like that. And we're called to be a people that love like God loves. How do we do that? We walk in the Spirit. We live according to the Spirit so that His fruit is produced in our life. And we're not the source of that fruit. The Spirit is. God is. He's the source of it. The world can't rob it, can't take it away from us when He's the source of it. But for so many of us, that fruit isn't obvious in our life. It's not obvious like this apple, right? It's not, you think about your life and you just go, oh, man, the fruit that's being displayed in my life, nope, I'm not cutting it. And what, and what, and what do we do? I, I got to try harder. I got to try harder. That's, I'm not loving like God loves. Well, I'm just going to try harder. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try harder. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to be more disciplined. I'm going to read more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to study more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that God that I really, really like. And I'm going to do more. I'm going to do whatever i got to do to get it. And that's not the answer. This is the answer. The answer is simply to get closer. The answer is not to do more, not to check more boxes or jump through more hoops. No, the answer is to get closer. Because when you get closer, your behavior changes. Your love changes, your wants change, your desires change. Like your, your, your thinking begins to change, and you didn't do it. You didn't do it. God did it. The Spirit of God reached into your heart and just began to shape you and form you. Why? Because you were in his presence. You were there. You were close to him. He had proximity so that he could grab hold of you and mold you and shape you and help you get to where you want to go. It's not on you. Your responsibility is to get close to him to get close to him. The third and final thing that I want to say are the moments. The moments. The next verse, Galatians 5, 25, Paul goes on and he says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 
Listen, if we're going to live this way by the Spirit, we've got to keep in step with the Spirit. We've got to step by step, moment by moment, day after day, long for proximity, long for dependence, long to be close to Him, in His presence, with Him. As far as me and my family and all this kind of stuff, one of our biggest, one of my biggest issues that, that I get in trouble about a lot, mainly with the kids, is I'm a fast walker. I don't know if you are, but I, I mean, it doesn't matter what we're doing. I am on a mission. Like, I'm going to save the world or something. We're on a stroll, a Sunday afternoon stroll, or whether we're at Disney World, attacking the world there, you know, whichever one. I, I feel like I'm on a mission. Like, there's something to do, and, and it comes through in the way I walk. And even though i got little short legs, boy, they will move. And in any given time, I'm 30 paces in front of my family, typically dragging one of the kids behind me, right? I'm like, no, 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 you're going to keep up. You're going to keep up. I'm a family man. Come on, right? <laughs> right, and I'm moving so, so fast. And listen, this is what we do in the spiritual realm. This is what we do because we hear this, I'm going to stay in step with the Spirit. I'm going to walk with the Spirit. But then what we think we do or what we think we know is we know what's best for us. Hey, if I'm going to have more love than if I read all the right books and I do all the right things and I go to church 17 times a, month, a week and I do this and I do, if I do all the right things, then I'm going to have it. And again, same deal. No, 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 no. Stay in step with the Spirit. Slow down. Walk with Him. Because the moment you start getting out ahead of Him and walking faster, all you're doing is the same thing you were doing earlier. You're trying to make it happen on your own. And he says, no, no, just stay in step with the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to those promptings in your heart, those nudgings where you just go, you know what? This is what I need to do today. This is where I need to go today. God, this is what I need to read. This is what I need to pray. And you just, you stay close to him moment by moment, day after day. We sang a song today. It's my absolute favorite song on our album. Um, and if you haven't got the album, you need to go get the album. This song has been on repeat for me all week. All week. The song we, we finished the set with today, Feel You Close. It is this. It is this idea of moment after moment. I just want to feel you close. I want to I long for you. I want to desire you. I want to be, I want to hear your whispers. I want to hear your voice. I want to be close to you. I want to know you. Listen, look, this is what we sang today. I just want to know you. Oh, I want to hear your voice moment after moment just to feel you close. I want to feel you close, Lord. I want to walk with you. I want to stay in step with you. God, I'm desperate for your voice. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. You're the one I'm longing for. King of heaven, I want to feel you. We want to feel you. We want to know that you're here with us. This song, just on repeat, just puts this in my mind, in my heart constantly. God, I got to stay close to you. Holy Spirit, I can be led by you. I got to stay close and hear your voice, be led by you. Because he whispers and he talks quietly to us. And you can't hear him if you're not close. You can't be led by him unless you're close to him, unless you know him. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And when we're in step with the Spirit and we immediately feel the fruit of our life being threatened, when you're in that situation and someone walks into your office and immediately the anger that that other person begins to point towards you, the the peace in your heart is trying to escape, right? And it's trying, fear is trying to come in or, or anger is trying to come in or something else trying to come in. And in that moment when you feel it, when you're in step with him, you can catch that and you go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I can't do this, God, but you can. 
I can't, but you can. When that love in your heart is threatened because you're speaking to someone with a different belief system than you, a completely different belief system than you, and your, your natural instinct is just to go, no. I reject you as a person. I reject your beliefs. I reject everything about you. And all of a sudden, there's a check, and you go, well, wait a minute. God, I can't, but you can. When, when joy is just cut out of your life because of a circumstance, you can just stop and say, I can't do this, God, but you can. Moment by moment, this is the prayer that we can pray. Moment by moment, I can't, but God, you can. I can't do this. I can't love the way you love. I can't have the peace that you have. I need you. I need to step in and to lean in and get closer and closer to you. You know, what if, what if we were the kind of church, we were the kind of people that lived according to the Spirit, that lived our life being led by the Spirit? Right, that every single day, everything that we do, we were, we were representing him in the world. The fruit of our lives represented him. That anything we heard, anything we learned from even from this platform or, or from a book or anything else, anything that you learn, you realize, I can't, but you can. I can't become the parent. I can't become the husband. I can't become the man of God. I can't have integrity like you want me to. I can't do anything, God. I can't do anything on my own unless I'm completely dependent on you. If we live that kind of life and we realize that he is the source of the fruit of our life, that it's when the roots of our life are just completely intertwined in him that we can produce the kind of fruit that he wants us to produce. We can be the kind of people that he's called us to be. The one thing, the one thing is being led by the Spirit, leaning into the Spirit, not relying on your own ability to do the right thing, but lean into the Spirit and let him lead and guide you to the right thing. Right? And always realize and remember that he's the source. The Holy Spirit, that he is the source of the fruit in our life. It's not us. If we're the source, then it gets stolen. It gets robbed. It's gone. The first circumstance it hits you, it's gone. But if he's the source, it stays. And moment by moment, I got to walk with him. I got to stay in step with him. I got to be led by him. I got to stay close to him. Because I can't, he can. It's impossible for me to be who God's called me to be, unless I'm close to him. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for this day together, for this time together. Lord, I pray that we would be that people, God, that is truly led by you, that you guide us and direct us, that we would lean into you, we'd step into you, God, that we'd be the kind of people that you want us to be, that we would live a Christ-like life. God, lead us and guide us, Lord. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't know that this is a message that you just leave here the same way you walked in. I mentioned this in the host spot, but every single message, every single weekend in this series, I know that God's spoken to me about something, and I've talked to you, and many of you have said the same. But in particular, this message, and I want to leave this service like this, if if you need to take time just to sit and reflect, I invite you and welcome you to do that. Pastor Trey said, if you examine your life, what is the fruit that's being produced? And I think just with a question like that, we can begin looking at areas of our lives where it doesn't line up with being rooted in his spirit. And so 
the first response is to you just to take a moment and allow God to continue to speak about those areas of your life that he wants to breathe life into. But then I also want to give a moment to those that are here and you're in church and you aren't connected at all to God. You haven't fully surrendered your life to who Jesus is and who he wants to be in your life. And if you look at the fruit of your life, you know it's a mess and you know that God knows it. And if that's you, I invite you to come and respond in this way to surrender your life. And say, God, no longer what I want, no longer what I'm trying to make happen here. My life is yours. And if you're here today and you need to respond to this message like that, in a moment when we all leave, there'll be a group of people up front here, and they're here to help you understand what it means to give your life to Jesus. We have something we want to put in your hands, and we, and we want to explain that to you. We want to help as much as you allow us as a church to come alongside you, to fully understand what it means to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And if you're here, today's the day to do it. And so when we dismiss, I invite you to come and tell someone up front here that that's you. Of course, if you need prayer for anything, those up front here are here to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything in your life, I invite you to come as well. Because if I can have everyone stand at this time and our team is coming forward, and if you need to respond to this message, I invite you to come. If you just want to sit and reflect before you leave here, I invite you to do that as well. But for everyone else, God bless you. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week here at City Hope.